Welcome to the Pastor to Pastor podcast, where we aim to bring content and discussions that will build up and hold up pastors and their families as they pursue the call of God in their lives and their ministries. We pray that this episode leaves you encouraged and equipped to thrive as a minister or pastor in the kingdom of God. Now, let's jump into today's episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the Pastor to Pastor podcast. My name is Brad Livingston. I'm here with Dan Livingston. (laughs) <laughs> Pastor Dan uh, And man, we're excited to have you guys with us for another episode And and today, uh, we wanted to kind of bring a topic to you that um, Honestly, um, you know, you you really put into me a lot And it's this idea of uh, what we're calling guarding ourselves from the gavels You know, the gavel being the hammer in the courtroom But um, not letting the hammer come down on our life Because of our inability to rest you know, and a lot of a lot of pastors rest just isn't at the top of their priority list. Um, and you're adamant, like you 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 know, I think you feel like you call me all the time. It's like, are you resting? Are you resting? Are you resting? But you do that because you went so long without resting. Correct. You know? I'm trying to keep you from repeating the failures that I <laughs> uh, committed uh, on a regular basis for many years, not knowing to do it any other way. Mm. You know, my generation, you were the pastor, assistant pastor, youth pastor. Your wife was the nursery worker. You both cleaned the church. You cut the grass, you know, so there was no reality. Everybody said rest, but uh, you couldn't rest, you know, because you had to do so many different jobs and you were in a survivor mode like most pastors are. You know, when we look at the numbers, uh, there's very few, few pastors out there that pastor church uh, you know, over two or 300, not, mm-hmm. not one's more important or sure. uh, doing anything better than the other, but it limits what you can, the assistance you can get, yeah. you know? And so you unconsciously build this mindset that I got to do it all. I've got to do it all. I've got to get it done. Mm-hmm. I've got to have it done today. And then at the end of the week, the month, the year, there's been very little rest. And so our marriages are in trouble. Our ministry's in trouble. Physically, emotionally, we're in trouble but we have to learn how to function uh, in our dysfunction mm. and keep ministering because that's what pays the bills every month. That's right. It's hard. It's hard. I know, you know, for me, um, just trying to, it, it, I mean, even, you know, our, ten, our, our church is larger, you know, it's not, it's not a mega church, um, but it's, it's larger. And, you know, even in that, I still find myself, you know, um, feeling like, man, I got, I've got to, I got to do more, more can be done. And I think a part of that is just like feeling like if I don't do this, either who will, or if I don't do this, we won't get to where God's trying to take us. And I think I can, I can over spiritualize my work where it's like, man, I got to put in more effort. So God will honor the effort and he'll bless us with more people and finances, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is, but it's like, but that's kind of the opposite actually of what, God talks about when he deals with rest, when he deals with Sabbath, when he deals with those things. It's like, it's actually, and tithing even, it's like the opposite of that. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, when we, uh, I, I did a, a message years ago called Rest Before Rule. Mm. You know, that we will only rest in areas of our life and our ministry that uh, we rest in. You only rule where Only we rule. rule. I said it back. Yeah. I'm sorry. We'll only rule in areas that we rest in. Mm. Uh, I mean, all through scripture, Jesus talks about rest. You know, the 23rd yeah. Psalm was really a Psalm about rest. Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. 
You know, yeah, though I walk through the valley, shall he'll lay me beside green paths. He'll lead me to still waters. Yeah. There's a place of rest, a confidence there that uh, we don't often find because we are so, so busy. You know, you said uh, overemphasize my value or, you know, the way you worded that. But that always leads to an exaggeration of my gift. Mm, wow. You know, that I'm gifted to do this. And, and take a family. Just, you know, take a, a husband, wife, and put two kids in that house. And it's busy. Yeah. You're going 100 yeah. mile an hour from one thing to another, one event to another. Soccer now add 100 to two or 300 to that. Yeah, no kidding. And welcome to the life of a pastor. Yeah. You know? And so if we do not become intentional... Mm-hmm. On this issue of rest, yeah, uh, we're going to see pastor after pastor in this thing we keep hearing about called burnout. Yeah, you know, and uh, we've got to stop. You know, I I did a, a post on Facebook a few months ago, and I talked about it, and I said, you know, in our building, whether we're a church of fifty, five hundred, five thousand, there's a lot of maintenance that's required. Mm. You know, and uh, upkeep. Yep. You know, so we have a building. And so we were intentional that we make sure that we've got funds to pay the mortgage. We're intentional that we make sure that the insurance is covered, that the water bill's done. Uh, we make sure that uh, the building's up, that is kept up, that when people come in on Sunday, there's not trash, there's not this or that. What are we doing for the welfare of the pastor? Mm. What are we investing into the upkeep of that person that's responsible to hear from God get up in front of us, lead us, guide us, feed us, maintain us, heal us when we're sick, counsel us when our marriage is in yeah. trouble, and we're investing very little. Well, we pay you for that. Yeah. No, you pay me according to Scripture. Mm-hmm. Let's go biblical for a minute. A yeah. pastor is paid so that he can have time to get along with God, get a word from God, and feed the sheep. That's what he's paid to do. Everything else is just extras. Yeah. According to, let's go Bible for a minute, yeah. you know, that other than that, he could work a regular job, but you can't have the time that it takes to be still, hear from God, bring the word that the people need to hear, and feed the people. Mm-hmm. And so now we've got a pastor with all the other responsibilities on that. And what funds are we setting aside for our pastor and his wife to get away once a month for a couple of days? So true. You know, what funds are we setting aside for a pastor to be able to sit down with a licensed therapist and talk life and struggle and hurt and disappointment? The number two reason, the the top two reasons in the latest poll that pastors are considering, the the number of pastors was alarming that said they would leave the, it was over 50%. Yep. Of pastors said they would leave the ministry today if they had another occupation they could step into and financially survive. Yeah. Over 50%. Yeah. The number two reasons they gave for that, number one, was stressed out. Yep. Why is that? You're doing everything that you're not mm-hmm. paid to do. And number two was isolation. Wow. I feel alone. I feel like I'm doing this by myself. Yep. So what are we doing to make sure we're maintaining that person that's carrying the vision, the burden of the house. What are we doing to make sure that that pastor is resting yeah. and staying healthy? Well, not only that, even going back, you know, when we go back to the, when we go back to scripture, right. You know, it's a, he, he, he gave us the pastors, apostles, prophets, Prophet. evangelists, teachers, right. He gave us the fivefold ministry. And I think even that goes back. And, and so I think it's, I think it's twofold. I think it's, 
you know, we're not giving them enough work or we're not giving them enough, enough rest. We're not giving them the resources to rest. But then in the scripture, we, you know, that the Lord gave us the fivefold ministry, which we could argue, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a cessationist, but I do believe that the fivefold ministry looks different than it did in the old Testament. And right. so like, um, you know, shepherd, pastor, whatever, I believe that the pastor now wears all five hats, um, not in office, but in function, but that's neither here nor there. But he gave us those five functions to do what? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. And I think that's the other side of this where I think we as pastors have to get better at empowering our people. Right. And our people have to get better at stepping up. Those two things, you know, those are, that's a dance that has to happen there um, where we as pastors we have to come to a place where we can rest when we've empowered more people Correct. to function in their gift right. set. And so, um, you know, one of the, one of the greatest things we can do as pastors is realize that if somebody, I don't remember who it was that said this, um, but I stole it and now I can't give them credit for it. So I'll just take credit for it. Yeah. Uh, they said, if somebody can do something 85% as well as you can, let them do it. Yeah. And I was like, wow, he, you know, because here we are, I'm a, I'm a, I'm guilty of this. You know, I'm sure you were too, uh, maybe even are still, where it's like that couple needs me to counsel them. That couple needs me, and this person needs me, and that person needs me. This situation needs me. This instance needs me. And what it needs is God. It doesn't right. need me. Right. And God can use a trained, equipped, and prepared person, even if they're 85 or 80% as functional in that role as I am, let them do it. You right. know what I mean? Um so when we're talking about rest, even what you said, you know, the pastor has a role scripturally, their job is to come in and feed the sheep and, and like connect with God and do all those things. And their other role is to equip people to actually do the ministry right. that most pastors are burnt out because they're doing the thing that their people should be stepping up and doing um, and that they should empowering people. They should be empowering people to step up and do. And again, that's a dance. I get that. So you can't make people do anything. Um, but I do think that we can learn how to lead in a way that makes people want to get on board in leadership. Well, and, and one of the greatest things in, that we learn in that, because I was guilty, so guilty of that. And it was in 2013 that we went to the Grow Conference. Mm-hmm. And God just totally wrecked all of us when we saw the Grow Track, yep. which we now refer to as our next steps. Yep. We adjusted it to fit who we are, as mm-hmm. we were encouraged to do. Yeah. But it uh, helps you, and and I think one of the frustrations in the ministry of pastors, going back to what you're saying, equip, is that we threw out a need. Yep. You know, we We got up and said, we need a children's worker. We need a nursery worker. We need a usher. We need this. And we threw out a need and asked for people to volunteer. And thankfully, at times, we had people volunteer, but now they're volunteering to work or serve in an area that they have no passion for. Yep. So give them three months doing that. They're fried. They're quitting. Yep. They're quitting. Now we're back to zero. And what the grow track opened our eyes to was, let's find out how God created people. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's go in there and let's, let's do this four-step deal. You know, that we want to know, number one, that you know God. Number two is that you find freedom. Let go of your past, yeah. Yeah, let go of your past, and we do that in small groups, mm-hmm. you know, building relationships, accountability, 
We know that freedom doesn't come in just an, a one-night altar service on the norm. Nope. And even if you're free there, you still got to walk it out. Yeah. So the groups are there. And then number three is discover your purpose. And we, we do personality tests there. We find out how God created people. What are their passions? What do they love doing? Is it children? Is it music? Is it working with their hands? Yep. You know, what is it? That, and how did God create you? And then don't connect them with a need. Find out what their passion is and connect the ministry to their passion. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell you, it, it was an eye-opener to us. It totally, I mean, we immediately saw growth, but we immediately saw volunteers like we had never seen before. And yep. today, this church operates on volunteers. I mean, yeah. hundreds yeah. of volunteers every Sunday uh, with just a handful on payroll. Yep. And uh, because people are serving in their passion. That's it. And the load, and where does that fit in this? Everywhere, because the load that takes off of the lead pastor, being you now, not me, (laughs) me. is huge. I'm envious of you (laughs) because I didn't have that. I wish somebody had raised up a Chris Hodges years ago that got that insight. But, uh, you know, to show up, I I tell people all the time, and I've heard many others say this, I would come to, and we're using TC because we hear them say it here, but I know they're saying it at other churches doing the same thing. I would come to church on Sunday morning just for the 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 environment, the environment yeah. and that that pet rally at the beginning that is culture, like yeah. crazy good, you know, emotions and energy and and here's a hundred plus people, you know, that's just pumped, ready to serve because they're in their passion. Yeah. You know, and the load that takes off of a pastor is huge. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I don't think you show up on a Sunday I don't, and I'm not a lead pastor now, but I don't show up on a Sunday going, man, I wonder if our children's workers are here today. No, never, not even cross the thought. Never think about it. Never think about it. You know, is it. our nursery going to be covered today? <laughs> yeah. Never that was our thoughts mind. every Sunday. Yeah. You yeah. know, every week, and it wears you out. Yeah. You know. And and our, our TC Kids director is a volunteer. Yeah. Right? Like, so, yeah, I mean, it's like... We don't have, we, I mean, we're, we're just blessed, but I think that's part of it is, is yeah, we, you know, we have, a, we have found the system. You can go to growleader.com for all this yeah. information we have. That's not ours. We got it from somebody else, you know, so go to growleader.com. If you want information about growth track and all that stuff, um, they're the resource on that, not us. But, but the reason we're talking about that, it doesn't, if you use their system, use their system. If you don't, don't find something that's going to get right. people in your church mobilized because uh, you know i love what chris hodges says uh, the, the local church isn't the hope of the world the local church mobilized is the hope of the world right. there's a lot of local churches that aren't doing anything right. yeah. um, and that's not a jab at the churches other than to say a mobilized church a church that's functioning and moving and thriving who has culture and an environment that's life-giving and hopeful uh, where people are fulfilling a purpose and they're not showing up to work but they are showing up to serve because this is where they're passionate um that's a difference maker, but it's a, it's, and this is where I believe this is where a lot of the pastors miss it. Even the pastors that go to grow, mm-hmm. even the pastors that try to use growth track, this is where I feel like they miss it. It's you have to build into the middle ranks of your church, a leadership quadrant, if you will, or a leadership tier that you lead personally. Mm-hmm. You, you need to build the person that's going to be over kids. You don't just put them over kids and leave them alone. Right. You got to lead them. Your worship guy, your kids person or, or girl for the record, your, your worship person, your kids person, your um, guest services or greeters person, ushers, security. We call it venue control. Like 
whatever it is, you you need to spend a year meeting, you know, every other week or once a month with that group of people and you create the culture, you set the tone. The reason why, and I know for a lot of people it's like that, you're talking about rest. Now I got to have 12 more meetings a year. My thing is, yes, you do to start to start. But the reason you're doing that is because if I can meet 12 times a year, but it'll alleviate me trying to worry about things 16 hours a week about worship and kids and all that other stuff, then it's a worthwhile investment to spend two hours a month in a meeting that saves me freaking out or trying to figure things out 14 to 16 hours a week. And by the way, that's biblical too. It's the Jethro principle. Like, yeah. so Moses and Jethro, like this is, you know, this leadership comes from the Bible as John Maxwell says, like, so, um, man, like, so it's the Jethro principle, um, with Moses where you got people that need to be led and you got you and here's the deal. Jesus led 12. So for those of you that think you can grow your church at 150 or 200 people all by yourself, you are sadly mistaken. You got to raise up some leaders and, and, um, and, and doing that doesn't have to, they don't need to be elders, right? They don't need to be pastors, right? They just need to be passionate about a particular area of ministry and people that'll let you lead them to lead other people. And so, but all we say, all that to say is because it is about rest, I am able to rest as a lead pastor because we have a, team of people that are just absolute gangsters like that's my terminology they're, yeah. they're incredible like they're they're gangsters yeah, every, yeah, they're gang- yeah. everything they like everything they touch is better because they're touching it and they're all volunteers none of them are staff members um and now, that's important let's define it because in the normal church mm-hmm. that's we're talking about youth leaders yeah we're talking about our worship leaders yeah we're we're talking about major nursery leader yeah i mean all of these people are volunteer. Yeah. At our church, every, all of those positions currently are volunteer that I, I suspect that will be changing in the near future, but we have gotten to a reasonably large church, um, uh, with all volunteers. Yeah. Um, and so, and yeah, that's, it's noteworthy because, uh, you know, I think a lot of times we pay for what people would volunteer to do. Um, don't get me wrong. We take care of, you know, as, yeah. as often as we can, we do things for them to sure. celebrate them and yeah. honor them and give to them and take them to dinners and, and gift cards. And just, I mean, you know, get, we get them hotels for their anniversaries in Orlando. Right. I mean, we try to do what we can do to, to take care of them. But at the end of the day, these are volunteers. Um, but they say yes, because we cast vision and because this is the opportunity you're going to have and we led them and I have spent personal time pouring into these leaders. Um, and yeah, so these are, these are all leaders yeah. that are volunteer. Yeah. Going back to what you said earlier, you know, I know we hear this so much that it's kind of lost this power, but you know, ignorance is doing the same thing the same way, expecting different results. Yep. And, and I would just want to go back to what you said, you know, to maybe encourage some pastors that are listening. Um, you know, I watched you come in and we were very traditional in our setup and our structure. Mm -hmm. Uh, you came in with a different mindset. You came in in a different culture. Um, one of the first things you did as we came into this building was, uh, you created what we call the pipeline, Mm -hmm. which is a two year, very intensive, um, training in scripture and in leadership, uh, development, personal development, and out of that, we have seen God raise up so many strong, yeah. strong leaders yeah. within the house. These are our sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. You know, now people from other churches are coming to it. But 
we've watched that leadership training develop our own and and then with grow track they're connecting with their passion or they already have before they sure. get into yeah. to sure. the, pipeline. the pipeline yeah and now they've got the heartbeat of the church and the ministry and there's their giftings have really been highlighted through this training and that's taken such a massive load off of you yeah that For pastor sure. that you would be carrying had that not been in place so to reinforce what you're saying in regards to um making sure that mid <clears throat> in the middle there the middle tier yeah that middle tier that there's you know you're you're identifying people in your church that have a gift they have that calling and you pour into them it may be one to start with you know, yeah. Pipeline started with just a handful of students Eight, that was just yeah. going to be a little curriculum that you were going to teach. Yeah, it, tur- it turned into way more than we ever thought it would. <laughs> yeah, in a good way. Yeah, in a great way. Yeah, you I know? mean, every, I, every one of my year two graduates, I would trust them on staff at any church right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, without a question. Yeah, I, I've always said the two-year pipeline is like eight years of a, a biblical university, and I graduated yeah. from one. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. It's intense, but man, does it equip you. Yeah, I've got, and that's what's crazy. You know, we got... I think year two graduates right now after Friday, after, yeah, after tomorrow, we'll have 20, no, we'll have 30 year two graduates. So I have 30 people in our church right now that are staff member caliber, staff member capacity that are volunteering for me. Yeah. Um, And so now it's taken me four years of, teaching pipeline once you know me so i put in the work but now yeah and like now going in the next year like i'm letting you do part of pipe i'm I'm about to decrease my workload and now we're at a point that we can because i have so many people that are carrying the load in such a significant way but i did take four years of my life and do once a week classes in pipeline build them up release them um and really get them moving and so yeah it has taken a little bit to get to where we are but that's the whole point that's that's what i you know we're going to talk about some other components about rest in a minute but i think one of the biggest things we need to understand is you'll never be able to rest you'll never be able to really rest if you're the only one spinning your wheels right um, and so if you're the one having to do everything, if you're the one responsible, for everything rest really isn't an option for you. You've got to figure out a way. And, and if we can help, we, we actually, at pastor to pastor, we do have some coaching components to what we offer. And if you need that, then man, give us a shout and we'll be glad to walk you through what kind of coaching segments we can offer and, and show you, you know, this is, that's not us trying to do anything other than say, if you're just at a point where you're going, I don't know what to do, let us know. And we can help you at minimum, give you some of the resources that we've used ourselves. Um, and get you moving on that. Um, and if you need coaching, we can, we can totally do that. But the reality is, um, when we go back to scripture, we need to be equipping the saints for ministry. Well, one person can only equip so many. So you got to equip a group. You got to build up a middle tier of leaders that you are very intentional about leading. And that tier of leaders leads the whole, right? The CEO leads the managers, the managers lead the employees. It's, it's corporate. It's biblical. Moses, you know, Moses led his handful. Those people led all the Israelites, like in the same in churches for us, you know, the pastors lead the directors and the directors uh, and the coaches, you know, our department heads are called coaches. So we lead pastors, lead directors and coaches and the coaches lead the people. Um, and so um, it's just a really important distinction. So a, you, let's figure out a way for you to get that framework set in place. Then as you're doing that, I believe what we, what we were starting off talking about is possible, which right. is, 
the church also needs to resource the pastor to rest and to um, take care of uh, take care of him, take care of his family uh, in regards to rest. Absolutely, right? yeah. And it has to be just as much a priority as our on our budget and our intentions, yeah. our outreach is uh, let's make sure the the people that are leading us are healthy. Yeah. You know, and that they're finding rest. That's good. And rest is not, I'm not preaching Sunday. <laughs> you know, rest is really resting. You know? What does that look like to you, do you think? Well, I, I think I can't rest in Pensacola. Right. You know, if I'm in Pensacola, everything's too close. Hmm. You know, there's always- We are in Pensacola, by the way. Yeah, yeah we're, we live in Pensacola. We work in Pensacola. We minister in Pensacola. And so I have to get away from Pensacola to really rest. Yep. You know, um, unless I'm in a deer stand. Now I can do that anywhere. Which, yeah, yeah. But, um, Which we don't do a lot in Pensacola anyway. Yeah, you don't do that much here <laughs> anyway. But, uh, or at all. At all, yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's having a, the ability to get away mm -hmm. to where I'm not at home. Because if I'm at home, then I have responsibilities. And just part of the church budget is setting a few dollars aside that uh, once a quarter to start with or something like that, that you and your spouse go away for, uh, you know, three days and two nights and you have some fun set aside for some meals and you just go and enjoy each other's company and just rest. And outside of an emergency, your team or whoever your church knows, I'm not to get a call. Uh, just let me get away and let me just clear my head, clear my heart have some time alone with God, with my spouse, whatever, and just get away. Yeah. Go somewhere, walk down a beach or walk through the woods or get on a hiking trail and, and just get away from everything for a little bit, a couple of days, come back a little refreshed and start over again. That's so good. You know? what, would you, what would you say? I think I know what you're going to say. So if you don't say what I think you're going to say, then I'll say what you've told me okay. before. What would you say to the pastor that's going, I don't think I can leave my pulpit for a week or two weeks like that because the person, the other person that preaches for me isn't as good as I am. Cause let's face it. That's what most of us think, right? Well, I, I've always, I don't know if it's what you're thinking, but I've always <laughs> said, if, if you can't go a Sunday without you in the pulpit, you failed oh, as a good. pastor, you know, you've created a people of dependence upon you, mm. not God in the word. Um, I'm in the pulpit often because I want to be is what I love to do when I was lead pastor. Sure, yeah. But um, you, you've got, if it goes back to them, we're not raising up other leaders to take that role. Yeah. So we're a one man team out there that people are, you know, pastors go, I feel like I'm being, I feel like everybody needs me, but we created that. <laughs> yeah. We created that. Yeah. You know, now what was you going to think? Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the things you've encouraged me with before, cause I struggle, especially early, you know, early in the church, I'm early in my pastorate and then. You know, um, you know, when you, I have zero concerns in my head when you preach for, you know, when you preach, uh, at our church. Um, but as we give other people shots, you know, there's been certain, there's been people that's come through and preaching the pulpit. And I kind of looked at you and was like, I feel like that could have been better, you know? Um, and one of the things you reminded me of is, you know, sometimes, and this isn't an arrogance thing. It's just understanding when God's given you a gift, it's okay to be aware that you have that gift. Um, I'm a communicator. That's one of the things God's blessed me with. And, and as a communicator, I'm aware that I'm, I'm aware that God has gifted me to do that. And I'm okay admitting that it doesn't, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm the best in the world. I'm just saying that God's blessed me to do it. When someone comes in, they're not as good as a communicator as you are. Sometimes giving people 
a chicken breast when they've gotten filet mignon for so long helps them be, appreciate what they mm-hmm. have every Sunday. Every every Sunday, right? So this this feeling of like, man, every Sunday's got to be the best sermon ever. Um, letting someone come in, you know, letting one of the the young pastors that you've been training up, or young ministers that you've been training up, or bringing someone in from your city or whatever that may not have the same gift that you have. Um, but can can do it, can encourage your people, even if they don't do an outstanding job, even if their sermon's not the best that's ever been preached, um, you still, it still allows your people to appreciate you. Right. And we need that. Yeah. And, and no matter where you are on your ability to communicate, <laughs> your, your people, they, they, you're giving them, they, they're feeding on a filet mignon each Sunday or they wouldn't keep coming. Right. So whatever your skill, your level of, of teaching and preaching is, that's why your people are there, mm-hmm. you know? And so not being afraid to, like you said, give number one, be raising up some new ones. Yes. And then number two, give them the opportunity, you know, and have them share and teach them. I'd rather someone, if, if I have somebody who's going to learn to be a chef at my house, we're going to start with a hamburger, not a filet mignon. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. we're not going to let him burn that filet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's the same way. And I think in people's delivery, you know, we, we start them, uh, you know, let, let them share on a Wednesday night, start teaching, start training, yeah. you know, uh, then bring them in on a Sunday, but it's all building that team. Mm-hmm. you know, yep. that we can get away yep. or have some outside friends that, you know, that are solid in the word and bring them in, but you have to get away. You have to for some periods of time and rest mm-hmm. and let it go yep. and not feel, you know, if I'm away and I'm thinking about it, just like I just had a conversation with you 30 yep. minutes ago, <laughs> Yeah, you know, going yeah. away in July. Okay. Clear everything that's got to be handled before July, or you're going to be on vacation in July, sitting around an iPad, trying to figure out what am I going to do when I get home? Mm-hmm. That's not rest. Yeah. That's work away. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I think, I think it was Aaron Burke out of, uh, at Radiant Church down in Tampa, who's a close friend of ours. Um, church is exploding. He's killing it down there. He said, uh, I believe he does seven, 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 uh, every seven days he has a day of rest. Uh, every seven weeks, uh, he has a weekend of rest and every seven months he has a full week of rest. And every seven years, I think he does a full month or something, something along those lines where yeah. it's like, um, where he's just got it kind of patterned out. And, and, um, maybe one day we'll have him on to talk about that. Cause I, I believe he does a great job at, at resting and, and building it into his routine. But yeah, you have to, you have to do that. And here's the thing that I've learned. This is just me. If anyone out there is like me, maybe like if it's not on my calendar, I don't do it. Um, and so saying you're going to do something without planning to do it is not doing it at all. You're, you know what I mean? Like, uh, like I, I think about my calendar. So my calendar stays pretty full. Um, but I have Wednesday nights, other than first Wednesday at our church, I have Wednesday nights, and I have Saturdays um, lunch. And those are my, those are on my calendar, they're red, which is um, like, that's for my wife, or pink, I'm sorry, pink, that's for my wife. Um, and no one gets those. 
unapologetically no one gets those right. those are mine um fridays there's a red block which is mine um because my wife's at work that's a red block that's mine and no one gets those i just right. i know you you can't have it um and when someone says hey can i meet with you on a wednesday night i go no i'm sorry i've already got something on my calendar um they don't need to know that it's a date night with my wife right um even though i'm not i don't apologize for it but some sure. pastors may feel like they need to but I'm, I'm sorry i already have an appointment on my calendar that day and i'm not lying i do it's just with my wife um saturday's same thing like you know how can you do it was like no i'm sorry i can't I've already got an appointment on my calendar um but because it's already there i can't book on top of it right right um and so just encouraging pastors out there you put it on your calendar and make it to where you just, no one else can have it. And you'd be shocked how often a, how many people that think they need you don't. Right. <laughs> uh, you'd be shocked how many people figure it out on their own. You'd be shocked how many text messages I started getting after I did that, where the Thursday after that they were asking for a meeting on Wednesday, I'd text them on Thursday and say, how's that going? They go, Oh, we got it figured out. Yeah. Um, you know, so you'd be, you'd be shocked how many times, um, people don't actually need you. They just need somebody and you're the first one they call. Right. Um, and so, you know, rest is super important. Um, and getting that time away, like you said, and I think what you said is just really important too, um, that when we need to get our time away, but it does need to be away. You know, I have to go to Destin, yeah. which is about two hours from here, hour and a half, two hours from us. And I have to go there because I'm the same way here. You know, every restaurant I walk into, there's somebody that I know every, you know, it doesn't matter where I go with my wife or by myself. It's like, there's someone there. That, and so you have to constantly keep putting the hat back on and you right. need to go somewhere for two or three days at, at least yeah. um, where you don't have to, you're just some guy at a restaurant. That's right. And you're not, the guy you're not pastor brad right you're now you're just brad. brad that's it and and you know i'm just thinking as you're saying that i know we're going to wrap this up and go into others but um you know network it can be a vital part like Absolutely. Um, we and pass it on kind of thing we're going away as a family in july we have another family that have been friends of ours for years and god has blessed their business and they own a lake house up in kentucky just above uh gatlinburg and they've offered every year for our family to go up and stay there. So we're going to a house that's been uh, donated to us by a family. And and we met a, a new pastor in Huntsville, Alabama at the art conference, made very good friends with him, been on the phone with him. And uh, him and his family are going to come and stay at my house so they can enjoy the beach and all while we're at somebody else's lake house <laughs> that they're letting us stay at. That's it. And it not cost them anything, mm -hmm. you know. And so there's so many ways that you can do. You're like this is a young church, brand new plant, not a lot of money in the bank. Yep. So I understand that. Like church can't afford, but man, you can make connections. And Absolutely. while you're going out of town, let somebody, another pastor, use your house. You go to somebody. There's so many ways we can do it together and yeah. watch each other's back and take care of each other and find the rest we need. Yeah. So let's just give a quick rundown. You know, you need to rest. And the ways that the ways that you can start doing that right away is a start working on a team that can fill in the that can be the middle tier between you and your volunteers um, that step up as high capacity leaders and you pour into them and you become intentional about those relationships for a season so that rest can become a priority for you. Number two, you need your church needs to build it into the budget that they are 
they have multiple options throughout the year, some very short term and some that's in a little bit of an extended season, maybe a week to start with um, once a year where they pay for you to go somewhere and have a, a, have rest. Um, Number three, you need to, um, you need to connect with your uh, trustees and your board to put into the budget for you to have a counselor of some sort um, that you can talk to when you need it. Um, we have one on, we have one in retainer for me, um, that I can call and set up an appointment whenever. Um, and he doesn't live here. He, he, he is a counselor for pastors only. He doesn't live in Pensacola. Um, so whatever I talk to him about is he, he doesn't give two craps about anything going on in my city. He's not impressed by my church size. None of that stuff matters to him. And that's exactly what I need. Um, and so, um, but you need to, I encourage you. I, I think it is my belief. And I know you would agree. There's not a pastor that is alive in 2022. that shouldn't be talking to somebody, right? A counselor of some sort, Absolutely. you deal with too much. Um, and the stakes are too high and the enemy is too crafty. Um, and you are too tempted if you're honest enough with yourself. Um, and there's too many outlets of comparison where you feel like you're a failure. Um, to all, man, all of those things are constantly bombarding you and you need to put yourself in a position where you can talk with somebody and they can help highlight what is going right, help you see what you can do about what's going wrong and then help you also see what's just none of your business to try to fix. Um, that's a great place to be. And so I would encourage you to have your church built into your budget that you get to talk to somebody, maybe you and your wife, if you are both in ministry together, um, you know, once a, once a month or however often you need to do that. Um, and so, man, those are, those are just the areas that we would encourage you with as you find rest. But here's the deal. And just like Pastor Dan said at the very beginning of this podcast is you have to make it a priority, right? This has to be important to you. If you, if, if you're trying to play God, this won't work, right? So you have to make this a priority. You have to do it. There are seasons where rest is not as optional, um, and then there are seasons where it is. And I will say this too. I almost forgot about this. I had it on my mind earlier. Um, pay attention to what we call the ebbs and flows of church data or metrics. So what I mean by that is um, for us, February, March, April, anarchy. Churches, guests are walking through the door. It's crazy wild, just booming ministries exploding all the way up to Memorial Day. And then <laughs> it starts, Slow, slows down starts to bit. go down. And then we Summer's go on the way. That's it. Memorial Day hits. And then July 4th. And once July 4th hits from then all the way till school comes back. <laughs> all right. So like, <laughs> um, our that's people, a good time to rest. That's a great time to rest. Um, and then for us around the first week of September, here it comes ramping up again. We go September, October, November, toward right about Thanksgiving. Yeah, It does it again. And then everyone shows up for Christmas. And then January is kind of a flux time. And then February kicks all over again. And we know that. Right. So I schedule my rest around that calendar. So February, March, April, I got way more reps in the pulpit. Um, September, October, November, I got way more reps in the pulpit. I'm always in there on Christmas. I'm always on there on Easter, but around that schedule, those summer months, um, the, for, you know, sometimes in January, man, those are great times to get away. Cause you don't feel like it's costing you anything. Um, and so pay attention to 
you know, it's like, man, if you're going to take a two weeks, you know, yeah, trying to schedule it in March may not be the best move for you because um, you are going to feel like you're missing out. I mean, all the guests are here and it's like, yeah. So that's just my two cents as far as helping you feel like you can rest is know when the church um, is at a, know when the, the seasons of your church are at the best place for you to do that. Right. Very good. So, and that's new technology and different things that we didn't have, you know, that man, take advantage of it today. Yep. Yep. So, you know, make sure you have a church management software. You can track statistics. We use planning center. There's a lot of great ones out there. Church community builder planning center, all those, there's plenty, there's a plethora of choices. I'm just saying if you're, if you're tracking your metrics and your attendance and your guest number and all that stuff, you know, what months, that's why July, it's like, if my church ain't coming, why am I coming? You know what I mean? Like (laughs) if half of my church is going to be on vacation, I'm going on vacation too, you know? Uh, so yeah. So that's just an encouragement to, to all you guys out there. If you're trying to figure out when is the best time to rest. All right. So, Hey, listen, if you need more information, make sure you go to pastor to pastor life. We would love to connect with you there. And man, um, if you have any questions about the coaching, if you have any questions just about how we've done some of the things we've done, we have not mastered anything, but we have figured a few things out by the grace of God and by pulling from other people. And so if we can be someone that you get to pull from, then we know connect with us and we'll see what we can do to help you out as well. All right, guys. So appreciate it. Awesome. All right, guys, we'll talk to you soon on the next episode. Once again, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Pastor to Pastor podcast. Please subscribe to the channel to catch more episodes as they drop on the first Wednesday of each month. If you want more information about Pastor to Pastor or want to join our network to receive content more regularly, or if you want to partner with us or support pastors around the country, then go to pastortopastor.life to get more info. We hope to catch you on the next episode where we will connect again from pastor to pastor.